Hello and welcome to another InventRight TV show. My name is Andrew Krause. I'm one of the co-founders and we are reviewing Robert Baer today. And he wrote a book, Women Inventors and the 7%. So, Robert, my first question is, Women Inventors, that's pretty self-explanatory. And by the way, before we, I get into my first question, you've interviewed over 500 inventors on your podcast. Is that correct? Well... First and foremost, thank you for having me on the InventRight television show. It's a, it's a real honor to be here today. And no, that's not accurate. That's uh, I've written and shared and interviewed inventors over 500 times, but yeah. I used to write them by hand. I used to like this is <laughs> talk about doing things the wrong way for way too long. I used to actually interview people over the phone, and then I'd record it with my little recorder. And then I would turn those recordings into like the stories. I'd spend mm. hours like writing the blogs. I'm not even that great of a writer. And then putting my pictures on and everything. After like about the hundredth time, I said, you know what? Why don't I just do a podcast instead? But uh, thank you for having me on the show. I love Invent Right. I think what you guys are doing is great. So, so thank you for so for this book. You did more interviews. So regardless if they're written or if it was for the podcast, you've interviewed a lot of folks. So the title, Women Inventors and the 7%. So what is the 7%? What's that about? All right. Uh, seven, the 7%, when I, one of the, uh, I interviewed essentially five women for this book. And the second one is uh, Frances Prado. And on her LinkedIn profile it is written that, you know, it is an honor to be part, once I learned that only 7% of all sole inventors in the United States are women. And then she added, but only 0.3% of that are Latina, which the distinctions are humbling, which I found absurd. I found shocking. Like, how could only 7% of sole inventors be women? That means 93% are men. And then, like, how can that be when they are responsible for purchasing 85% of what is purchased in the United States each year? That's $7 trillion. I mean, there's something. There must be the the women inventors that are out there must be gravitating towards InventRight because we got a very high percentage of of women and inventors that InventRight. Hopefully, I don't know why, but but wow, that's like I have a nine year old daughter, and I would I would hope that things are changing there. Um, you know, one of the people you interviewed was Courtney Laskowitz, and she is actually a former InventRight student and now a coach because she's so amazing. And she's a 20-something, very young. Um, I hope that things are changing with the younger generation, you know, and girls are encouraged to invent and create. Well, I'd like to just read about half a paragraph of what her contribution to this book was. And she said, there are many reasons why this percentage isn't higher. Do you remember learning that becoming an inventor was an option? I don't. Maybe it's the lack of proper education, sexism, ignorance, social beliefs and biases, or the way society views genders can also have an impact. And by the way, I interviewed Courtney, and if she's uh, an indication of anything that's coming, the future's in good hands, bright as the sun. I mean, what does she have, four or five patents and she's 24? I mean, uh, I listened to her. Well, more importantly, products on the market, products license. Who cares about the patents, right? It's about licensing. Is that what, is that what I said? Okay. You know, I have a, I just had, I guess, suppose I had a senior moment. 
And I was interviewing somebody else the other day, another inventor, and they were having a senior moment. And when I was young, I used to think, oh, you're having those because you're old. Now that I'm older, I think, okay, you're having them because you're cool. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, Courtney's. And then you interviewed a couple other people. You interviewed uh, Dana uh, Knowles, who is a former student of ours, and she's a she's got a lot of energy. She's got amazing energy. Dana Knowles is the person you want to interview, or has a personality type that you'd want to interview. But certainly, in and of her own self, is a great interview. Uh, rags. I don't want to say rags to riches. She was just a an alcoholic and a druggie, and uh, you know who had been spiraling out of control for a long time. You know, when I was young, I used to go to parties with people, and I knew people like Dana who couldn't say when. I mean, uh, next mm-hmm. thing you know, I uh, you see them, and they look like, wow, what happened? Well, yeah, she'd well, be totally, she's very proud of where she's taken her life, and she mentors uh, women. Uh, I never heard her say she mentored men, but she mentor, mentors women that were drug and, and alcohol addicts. Um, kind of, so encouraging, so inspiring. Yeah, but she doesn't. She doesn't she she comes at it head on. She doesn't sponsor like a few girls. I mean, I think at one point she was sponsoring seven women. Shouldn't say girls, but I think some of them were young. But yeah, shouldn't say that. But seven women at once. I'm like, wow. Um, and then you interviewed uh, April Mitchell, who loves doing toys. She's amazing with toys. She has great energy as well. Um, I love April. April's, if, if I had a coach, I don't know. I just, uh, I know that she's a... Uh, married to a Marine and she's just, <laughs> she's just, uh, lock and loaded and just, uh, you know, she's just great. Uh, excellent interview, great information shared, you know, and, and I, I want to just say that for the, uh, first five people that actually, uh, comment on this post, I want to mail each one of you out a hard copy, wow. regular price, thirty six forty four to your house. I mean, I it, just, just throw any comment, even if you say, Hey, that, weirdo that you interviewed sucked or whatever uh i'll get, get this <laughs> book out to you no don't we'll say that out how to do it and get it done so this the book's on amazon and you can get a i know it's the kindle version or or the paperback version correct well the kindle version is only 99 cents i know i noticed I, that i wanted to ask about that that's like okay. really cool well, i want everybody to read it that's really the bottom line because inventing like Courtney says, it's not in anybody's mind. And, and I believe today there's three things you can do. You can be constructive, you can be destructive, or you can be a vegetable and watch and then just absorb that's what's happening. And more people are doing that in the middle, you know, because there's so many great things to do. I got to admit, I, I get onto Netflix or stream whatever. It's, a, it's unbelievable. I can start it when I want. The, the content's incredible. You know, social media. If you're a TikToker, hey, we'll try but, to. But it's spend not. Less it's not the same as getting out there and creating something new the world has never seen before. And and your book is about. I'm assuming through these stories, one of your goals is to encourage women to to invent more. I'd say women or, or girls. I mean, yeah, I think it starts with girls, right? Gift. I mean, yeah. Christmas is coming up. I mean, if I'm a if I'm a parent, I, I want my child to think about this. I mean, mm-hmm. that was sort of the goal of invent, Invention Stories to begin with. When I first purchased InventionStories.com and started loading up stories, my goal is that that person, whether she be a woman or a girl in a very dire situation, 
ha you know, maybe they've got an idea for an invention and they're sitting there and they're like, you know, hey, I don't have anything to eat or whatever. I, I think what we have to fear is people have nothing to lose. I mean, if somebody gets to that point where they're desperate and they got a gun, they're going to go and do something crazy. But if they know that they can, you know, they know that, hmm. I mean, if inventing it was a real possibility if you have, or if you have hope, that's hope, an option. Hope for your expre expressing yourself creatively, hope for maybe licensing a product or venturing it and having money come in, the belief that you can do these things. And so I, I have to think that it, it starts with the belief that we give, because I have a nine-year-old daughter, girls, that they can invent. And I, I do see a lot more people these days encouraging women to go into science. And, and there's a lot of that. So hopefully the, the, the tide is changing. I can tell you at InventRight, we get way higher percentage than 7% of women. We help a lot of uh, women inventors. And, um, you know, you, you had said you don't want to stereotype in any one way, or shape or form. But that is a statistic you're saying that you, you discovered. I thought it might be higher than that, don't you think? It's not. That's not a solid statistic, is it? That you know, you... if we're if we're having a discussion about whether something's seven or fourteen percent or even twenty percent, if you don't see that being a an, a red flag or an issue or something, then you know that's fine. I I don't want to have a discussion with that. I I just well you know, even unless it's like you, sixty forty or fifty. Yeah, 50, well, you, you said you said unless it's like sixty forty or something, we're still way off balance. It doesn't matter. Well, that's what I feel. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. But but I, I think it's also another thing that people don't realize is everybody's got an idea for an invention. Every one of them. And some of these people go to jobs that they hate. And then they're like, you know, if you hate your job and you spend 40 hours doing it, you're probably coming home and you're, you know, you're laying it on your family subconsciously or unconsciously. And so, you know, if it becomes like, like you know, they should start watching InventRight TV, really. And, and maybe they'll say, you know what, that idea that I've always had, because if you don't do anything about that idea, you know, what's going to happen right before you die when you're getting ready to take that last breath and you're just sitting there and you're going, oh, man, I should have done that idea. You know what? Yeah. You know, why not? You know, you're you're doing your part by by writing this book. And it's really making me think right now I need to do my part. I interviewed I think she was 15 year old, a 15 year old uh, girl. Because when you're under 18, it's appropriate to say girl, right? Um, and she's inventing, she's creating. I think I did my little part interviewing her. I need to interview more women inventors. Because, um, you know, you're doing your part writing this book. So thank you for bringing that to my attention. Not that I didn't already know that. I need to go actively out and seek women inventors. Because it's just going to be encouraging to girls and women that, that watch your channel. And if all they're seeing is men on there, it's like it just further reinforces like, oh, no, that's a guy thing, which is BS because it's totally not. I want my girl to my daughter that's nine to invent stuff and feel like she can if she wants to. Well, it's like all men and women. Some want to invent, some don't. That's fine. But if they don't believe they can do it or don't believe it's something that they should be doing, that's just messed up. That's like. Agreed. One of my favorite early interviews on episode I think 11 was with Ruth Amos and uh, she's actually from Great Britain and because of the power of Skype and 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 uh, Zoom we're able to for free communicate and record interviews with somebody who's in Great Britain but she invented 
the stair steady. It's a mechanical web going up and down the stairs when she was 11 years old. And those That's are great. exactly the stories that need to be shared. You know, it's a, uh, you know, I don't even know where to go from that, but there are, have been a lot of people who have been, you know, teenagers who have invented. Yeah, absolutely. That, they should be celebrated, but, you know, our culture wants to. I think, I think that licensing in certain aspects of it and the way that we teach it in EventRight is, is somewhat of an equalizer of that. Um, yes, if, if a man or sales manager at a trade show is a little bit, of, got a little bit of male chauvinistic attitude, you know, they're going to see it's a woman, right? But when we teach our students, we teach them to send a sell sheet, a one-page PDF of the product. They see the product. And yeah, down below it might have a, a woman's name, but it's, so hopefully that's helping a little bit. You know, the fact that they see a good idea. And, and I don't know, it just would make me sick to my stomach if there was actually a man that's like, see this great product. Let's say they're making kitchen stuff. And wow, this is a good product. And they see that there's a woman's name at the bottom. It just blows my mind to think that they'd be like, oh, no, that's just a woman. I thought it was a good idea, but now I don't. I mean, but it's not always that extreme. You were reading to me a, a quote in your book from one of the women. Um, she was trying to do business in Latin America and elsewhere. And it, it still exists in a lot of countries. Right. Um, let me let me read it. Your question has reminded me of trying to get manufacturing done in Argentina and the vendor refusing to work with me because I was a woman. This is Dominique McLean Barty, who invented one soul, who's I mean, that's the soul that you can just keep replacing the outer shell of the the, the shoe. You know, I, I watched it on Shark Tank and it was really one of the few inventions that blew my mind. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's such a great idea as she was picking up the thousands of dollars I had laid on his desk, or the Japanese vendor who had to speak through a mail to deal with purchasing my product, as well as in Dubai. Don't yeah. think it's happening. It's happening everywhere. Well, and those are a little bit more extreme, and I think in some other countries we're a little less enlightened, but we, we, we know that still goes on to some extent here in the United States. I mean, women would tell you that it does. You and I, we don't experience it because we're not women. But um, I commend you for writing this book and just it, it's a positive thing because you're, you're, you're showing success stories from women. I can't imagine anything more encouraging than that. Um, and we can complain about how things are inequitable and all that, but showing the success and even if things are a little bit more difficult or a lot in some cases for women – they need to see that success so they have a role model, you know. And there's some wonderful role models in the women inventors in the seven, uh, in the seven percent available now on Amazon. But uh, it's essentially this book is a real inside look of five women inventors that I selected. They were some of the most popular episodes. The first one is Russie Coy Jones, who suffers with Alta or uh, with. Uh, Parkinson's disease and cancer. And she was wow. able to successfully produce her product, rely a light and eventually license it out. It, it's about Francis Prado who, you know, grew up a hundred miles away from me, but might as well have grown up on the moon because her, the way she grew up was so devastatingly different than mine. She was at one point homeless working in the young fields of Bakersfield. 
uh, it's a uh, two of the other ones are, are a partnership team. One's Monica uh, Ferguson and Becca Brown, a couple of super bright women. Um, Monica went to Georgetown and they met at Columbia and uh, Becca went to Harvard and uh, they, they invented the soulmates, what Oprah called genius. They were on Shark Tank. Uh, they've got a whole line. And then the final one is Ann Brewer because she did the Walla Box and she's just a fun loving. The, the, the invention of the Walla Box is where you put your phone into. And it's, it's something that I think everybody can connect with. And so I, I got a nice variety, I believe, of, of women inventors. And then I showed their, I, I told their story. And then I went back uh, about a year or two, depending on the inventor. And it was during the, the uh, pandemic. And it was like, well, how, how's work now? Well, I've, mm. it, I've had to ship. And I realized the importance of being online and things like that. Because when you think of an invention story, it's like normally when I interview somebody on the Invention Stories podcast, they tell me from where, you know, when they were a little kid to wherever they are today. But that doesn't end. That's just, that's the beginning. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. so I want to show what happens here two years later. Oh, wow, all hell's broke loose because the world turned upside down. And it did, and it's great. But also, you know, once I realized that, you know, women inventors are so in the minority of, you know, sole inventorship in the United States, I'm like, well, what do these women who actually invent, what do they feel about that statistic? What do they feel about being a woman inventor? And so I, I ended up uh, starting to ask my women inventor friends and people that I've interviewed before. And then, well, before I knew it, I had about 40 of them that wanted to contribute and, and they, uh, they contributed all right. And you can uh, learn all about it if you purchase women inventors and the 7%. <laughs> so, so I know you can't give away everything in the book, but what what is one of one of the traits that you see saw consistently amongst women inventors um the successful ones that you saw you know i think the older that you get the the slower that you process and then you start to slow things down and you start to make excuses or say something like oh that's a good question but I'm really just stalling as I let my brain sort of formulate that Well, you know what? I, I can tell you my opinion. Like you interviewed a whole bunch of people I know, like Courtney Laskowicz and Dana Knowles and April Mitchell and Michelle Morrison. We didn't, we didn't mention her yet. And I know all four of these women inventors. Um, they're, they're, they're very driven and determined. And um, they're, they just don't give up. I mean, it's it's the trait that every every other inventor needs too, but they just don't give up and they won't take no for an answer. And they're just very strong, confident women, you know, and they're always trying to figure it out like they try something. And if it doesn't work, they try something else, you know, and and I just I just love that about all four of them. And they're just amazing people. And they're optimistic. And one of my favorite things about like in interviewing somebody is when they tell them like you know i use my kid as or my child as a uh, you know part of it and well but, it sounds like april now, april uses her whole family or kids as a test for because she has right. toys and games so right but i mean that kid may look back and that might be the fondest memory whether they're successful or whether they're not they're spending time they're seeing that oh wow mom's or dad is just not like somebody who's just a you know a dreamer this person actually showed me that they could create and turn into a 
a uh, a product. But I want to I want to just say that I'm a big fan of InventRight. I'm a big fan of licensing, and I I just I got to give credit to Marcy McKenna, who I just interviewed and spoke with and, and learned a lot about recently, and she's in the book. But she's got this really great way of testing the market because market research is something where almost everybody I know, every inventor I know doesn't do enough of or doesn't do it properly. And she came across, she showed me or told me about something that's called uh, photorealistic 3D rendering. And you can have it made where you can tell this company, this is what I want it to look like. And they'll actually create like a visual, like it looks like it's already created, but it hasn't been. And then you take that and you put it on Pinterest, right? And then you have create a landing page. I'm oversimplifying everything, but essentially you can test it to see, like buy it now. Like you can click on it, not asking somebody, would you buy it? Because they could say whatever, but they actually think that they're going to buy it. And then what it says is, hey, it's not available yet, but if you'd like to leave your name and your email address, when it's available, we'll send you it. Now, let's say you had 8,000 of them, and she did. She had told me that she had, for one of her products, 8,000 of them. Well, if you're sell- sending somebody your sell sheet, and it's beautiful, and then, by the way, this other line, hey, I've got 8,000 people on this that said that they would buy it at this price. And not only that, but you could try- test out two different prices and see which one it, it sells at better. Mm-hmm. Okay, now these, these 8,000 will buy it at this price. Do you think that may help getting some a potential partner saying thumbs up? Yeah, I, love I Marcy think McKenna, she's pers- just brilliant. Yeah, I think particularly with venturing, that can be a good approach. Um, but we do something is similar with licensing in that a lot of our students don't have a, a, a prototype. They can't really make one. So we make a virtual prototype. We put it in the sell sheet that they privately show to the company. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of amazing things you can do with virtual prototypes these days. And, and when you're venturing, you can test. Um, you could do that when you're licensing as well. You just got to be okay to be with making that public disclosure, which can or cannot be a good idea depending on where you are with things. But um, just sounds like some very intelligent women. Now, did we mention this before that there is, uh, that you're, you're selling this, the Kindle version on Amazon's only 99 cents. 99 cents for a then, limited time, but I want it to be quite limited or I want it to be for an extended period of time, but don't be surprised because I'm not going to do it forever. But I want everybody to be able to read the book. It's more important to me that somebody says, oh, you know what? I'll take a chance on it because if you read some of these stories, which this is the most easy, this is the easiest read you'll ever have, especially if you've ever had an idea for an invention. If you're a woman, if you're a woman, it doesn't really matter. You'll get sucked in. It'll be a great use of your 99 cents. It may change your life. But I wanted to say one thing because. I've been in interviewing inventors and sharing invention stories since I think 2008 or 2009. And what I've learned is, and I, we were discussing this before, is that the idea and the invention, even though they're invention stories, it's really just the sliver in the beginning. And the real challenge or opportunity or whatever, it's the actual, uh, it's the business part of it. Mm-hmm. It's the entrepreneurship. So like, if I look at it and I'm like, oh, I got this great idea. Well, I'm a slacker. I don't know anything about how to bring anything to market. I don't know how to sell anything. I don't know how to begin to know what, what to do. And that's why I think that 
invention stories are really more like entrepreneurship stories. Mm. And in somebody who's an inventor who doesn't really know, it's kind of like when Forbes Riley, the very first person that I interviewed, still my best, my favorite episode, she's like, you know, somebody who has an idea is like somebody who, somebody who walks into a mechanic and says, you know what, I want to be a mechanic because I've seen cars. I, I know, look at that down there. I know what I'm doing. And that's the same with inventors. They're like, yeah, I got this idea. I just, I see bags of money. Do you know what goes into that? I mean, it's incredible. But, uh, you know, they don't begin with the end of mind. They just, they begin and they see the end, but they don't realize. You got you to learn the process. You want to be a plumber. You want to be an attorney. You want to be a cook. You, you need an internship, a mentorship, a training or something. And I, I'm sure that all these women in your book and many of the people that you've interviewed have either learned by making tons of mistakes or they've gotten guidance from people that have done it before. So, um, you know, but like some people like Monica and, and Becca is a great example because mm -hmm. a lot of the time it's just one person trying to do everything, which is absurd. I mean, you'd really need expertise. These women are successful because, I mean, they're just they believe in doing everything all the time. But, you know, the average person or the slacker like myself, you know, I'm just trying to take shortcuts to get through. And I'm the one who's going to get taken advantage because some scam artist is going to do it. You know, you need the best assistance that you can get going through it. And either you're going to pay for that by hiring the right people or you're going to license it with a company that's been doing it, who knows how to bring something to the market. Right. That's what I love about InventRight is it's not only is the risk that you put up just your time and your money and your effort or whatever, very little, it's compared to trying to do everything yourself, but you don't have to master all of that stuff. I know I'm preaching to the choir, but uh, that's why I love it is because you need to have expertise to give yourself a great chance. Otherwise you've got to be that person who's really committed to doing everything the very best. And there's so much to learn. Yeah. And new stuff coming up every day. The, the, That's not on you to figure out. The idea is a, a small percentage of it, and then you got to do the work to make it happen. Fortunately, with licensing, it's a lot less work than starting your own business and selling it yourself, but it's still work. And you still have to do that work. But you're not going to have mortgaged your house and home, and you'll always be able to move on to the next product. But, you know, the biggest thing that I've learned here for myself personally is I need to interview more women inventors. I need to um, inspire the girls like my daughter and women, who, my daughter's nine, to invent more, to know that they can do it, to hear other. It's, you know, it's one thing for you and I to talk about it, but when we're talking about or interviewing women that have done it, that means something to them. They don't need another man telling them, oh, yeah, you can do it or can't do it, apparently. Some men are saying you can't do it. Or, you know, I don't know. For all I know, maybe some women are doing that. They don't want their daughters to do that. Oh, no, that's a man's thing. We don't, we don't know. We're not women. We don't know what they experienced growing up. But the best I can do is just interview more women so they can, other women and girls can see those. And, and, and you've been doing that for a long time. So thank you. It was a conscious decision on my part. I realized, right, I didn't know the statistic was 7%, but as I look at, you know, the LinkedIn, all the connections that people want, it seemed like there were pages of guys and there was hardly any women. I just noticed that. But um, I wanted to uh, mention one last thing. 
Okay, there you go. Okay. Yeah, the Invention Stories podcast. Uh, you know, if you want to learn a little bit more or listen to some cool stories, uh, you know, maybe pick up a few tips in the me in the uh, along the way. Invention Stories podcast. You just you Google find that, and they'll easily find it. It's a unique yeah, I, name. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I interviewed like real stars, like Andrew Krause, and, <laughs> and stop uh, it. <laughs> It's yeah no I it's it's uh yeah he digs yeah, I, down deep guys he asks you about your childhood uh, you know is he digs down deep but uh, Robert's a great a great interviewer interview interviewee so thank you so much Robert hold up your book one last last time and so I it's fifteen bucks if you buy the paperback but if you get the Kindle version it's only ninety nine cents right now so as in right now is a September 24th, 2021. So it might not be 99 cents forever if you're watching this video years from now, but um, or even months. But Robert's offering it for 99 cents right now, so that's pretty cool. Um, Robert, thank you so much. I'd love to have you back. Are you working on any, any other books? You said you might do a second edition of this, maybe. I have this fantastic idea for a follow-up, and, uh, you know, I, I don't want to... I'm one of those people who doesn't like to say what I'm going to do. Sure. I'd rather say yeah, what I did because sure. life changes along the way. And uh, But it's been a great ride, everything so far, and it's been an honor to be on your show. So thank you, Andrew. Thanks for coming. It was an honor to be on your show as well. So remind everybody to take care, keep inventing, and we'll catch you the next time. See you guys. Bye. Bye.